I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. Have a good day today. Let me the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor psychiatrist. If you're starting to you diagnose with autism, please see a physician, at least based on my experiences. I also do not own the rights to this music. Both musics were found on www.freesound.com. Now, we have some sponsors that are paid for the following. Hey, guys, we have a special announcement from two lovely ladies at the BC2M Mental Health Club at Eastern Green. We are from Eastern Green Bring Change to Mind. Our main goal is to make mental health a positive topic in order to erase the stigma in our community. Right now, we have some big projects coming up, including a cake pop event where everyone can come hang out, listen to music, and, of course, eat a cake pop. We are also going to be sponsoring a club fair for the incoming freshmen, and we are always looking for new and positive people to come join our team. If you want to join us, contact us on Instagram at easterngreen.bc2m or email us at bringchangetomind.eghs at gmail.com. Thank you. All right. Thank you again, ladies. Now, there are a few more paid mini sponsorships or shouts I have to give. I have to give a shout out to Peanut Little Blues Tattoo. He is my man, Peanut. He's one of the biggest supporters, and he's the creator and owner of Little Blues Tattoos in Bloomington, Indiana. You want to get inked, go see him on the west side of Bloomington, Indiana today. I also got to give one to my man, Rob Bowman, at the Living Room Center Carpet Sales in Bedford, Indiana. Rob made a generous donation to my podcast and business, and we want to give him some advertisement. See them today for all your carpet and flooring needs. Also, I got to give a shout out to Brandon Barrett at Farm Bureau in Bedford, Indiana. He also gave a very generous donation to help me build my podcast. Visit him, th- him there today for all of your insurance needs. Please check out Cast for Kids as well. Brandon and his wife run this fishing charity and, and have helped them many kids over the years. Now, I also want to give some other people thanks. I want to give a thank to Soul Juice or Jordan Honeycutt, the owner of Soul Juice in Bloomington, Indiana who is amazing, but he is also donating to my silent auction and is going to advertise me through his social media accounts. Want to get healthy nutritionally? Go to Soul Juice today. Also, I give a shout out to my friend, Tim Gomez, Facebook photography page. Check out my headshots and great job on them, man. Also, I got to give one to Ron Rapport, or aka It's a Rap with Rap podcast. Ron's podcast features people who do extraordinary things to enrich all of our lives and who have overcome obstacles. He is a really great guy. I also got to get to David Shemitsky, a.k.a. the owner of the Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat podcast. I really enjoy talking to Uncle Dave. The, this podcast has helped you find peace and live in this roller coaster that we call life. He helps people understand you have to find the balance among your chaotic lives. I also must give a shout out to Jerome Butler, or a.k.a. Moments of Grace podcast. Dr. Butler is an amazing gentleman. He has made me feel so welcome on his show. He talks about inner strength and self-growth. And now I got to get one to the SJ Children's Show, or a.k.a. Sarah B. Miss SJ Childs not only runs her own podcast, but is the author of several children's books. She talks about conditions, abilities, and disabilities. They also get one to Aaron Shafter and Tom Hartman, a.k.a. the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast. These guys are great. They are sport lovers and pro wrestling enthusiasts. Let them take you inside the world of wrestling. They also give a shout out to Marie Daniels, or the owner of the Successfully Chaotic Podcast. This podcast is amazing, and so is Maria. Listen to her eccentric personality, her motivating tips on entrepreneurship. She is not a mom of not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven kids. She is amazing. And I got you one to my man, Phil Better, a.k.a. the owner of the Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. You want to know how to become an entrepreneur in the digital age? You got to check his out, podcast, because he'll help you out. And I got to get my final one, too. Andrew Davey, a fistful of faceful podcast, who is the owner of that as well. And if you like heavy metal music, check this out. It was a fun day to talk to him. And hey, everyone, April's Autism Awareness Month. We have some big things planned. The silent auction is underway. Check out my mom's Facebook page, Gina Mitchell in Indiana, and you can find the link. I'll post it under the show notes as well. Join the bid if anyone or any business would like to donate. Let us know at info at autismrocksandrolls.com. Proceeds will allow me to join the Mental Health Radio Network and also... Spread autism awareness and get involved. Now, we got a quick run for our sponsors and we'll be right back. So, and it's a new advertisement. So, hit it. Stephen R. Miller, CPA in Bloomington, Indiana, will take the stress out of your tax preparation and filing. With over 35 years of experience, he is knowledgeable, friendly, and will help you reach your goals of minimizing your taxes without having to spend days reading through dry, clinical, and difficult materials. Mr. Miller will prepare your forms and meet with you prior to filing to make sure that you know what to do and when to do it. Stephen Miller and assistant Angel Shearer will make sure your tax prep is easy. See them today at 205 North College Avenue in Bloomington, Indiana. Tax season is right now and not around the corner. 
call Steve and Angel at 812-332-0557 or email at stmillercpa at gmail.com. Do it now and don't wait until the last minute to do your taxes. All right, and thank you, CPA Tax Service. And no, it is not CPS. It is CPA Tax Service, and they will help you with your taxes. Now, for the show, today we are very excited here at Autism Rocks and Rolls. We have Canada's own Austin Riley in the house, too. Austin, like Armani Williams, is a race car driver. And by the way, like me, he has autism. He is two breaking down barriers and showing the world, hey, we are here. We are functioning like anyone else. And look at what we can do. He is doing this one lap at a time, literally. According to Austin and Austin's team, our goal is to raise awareness for autism by harnessing the power of storytelling by sharing Austin's story with the world. We aim to educate, inspire, and as a result, and empower each and every person we come in contact with. Empower those with autism to do great things and empower those without it by providing them with a deeper level of love and empathy for their fellow human beings. Please welcome my guest, Mr. Austin Riley, and his dad. How are you guys doing today? Thank you. We're doing good. We're awesome, good. man. Is there anything you want to say before we get started? No, we're throwers to the wolves, man. All right. So for Austin and for dad, if you want to answer this, what does having autism mean to you? That's your question, dude. Go ahead. I think having autism is a gift because not everyone is going to be the same with autism. They all have differences and they're all going to be different. Not every person with autism is going to be the same. You're right. Definitely. I mean, you may think differently than I do. I mean, you love racing for God's sake. I don't know nothing about racing. I'll be the first guy to admit it. I don't know nothing about it, but I'm a big fan of professional wrestling. So you're right about thinking differently. We totally do that. So what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you had autism? Uh, I didn't really understand what it was at first. My parents were both as well shocked when they found out I had it. They didn't know what it was either. When Austin was little, he was incorrectly diagnosed. Um, it wasn't until he was almost a teenager was he re-diagnosed correctly. So oh. the five years in between there were quite difficult for our family. Yeah, we're diagnosed at different ages. I mean, I was diagnosed when I was four, and it really all depends because when you get diagnosed, it changed your life a little bit. Could you agree with that, possibly? Yeah, certainly. It, when Austin was diagnosed correctly when he was 12 years old, I remember sitting around the living room table with my wife thinking, what are we going to do? Like, this is not a good thing. And uh, we pretty much thought our lives were over, if I'm honest. And uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, our lives were just beginning. Yes, they are. Austin, this ain't, the beginning for, this ain't the end for you. It's the beginning, buddy. You're still going. So now, how do you think our brains operate? How do we think our brains operate? Well, Austin's brain operates much differently than mine. The way he processes information visually is pretty incredible. Speed, to me, the faster I'm going in something, the more nervous and anxious I'm getting. Austin is the other way around. The way his brain is wired, he likes things happening at a fast rate, incredibly fast. So if you can put Austin in a, in a race car that does 150 miles an hour, to him, it's like sitting on the beach. It's calming. It's relaxing. To me, it scares the crap out of him. Yeah, you're um, just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. That's, that's must, hey, that's why he likes racing, right? That's right. Sitting here today, Austin's, I'm relaxed. Austin's nervous. In a race car, Austin's relaxed. I'm nervous. It's just a flip flop. Yes. I think you guys are definitely right on that. You guys seem different, but I think you guys all seem alike. What is the most rewarding and difficult thing about having autism? Uh, getting people to understand me is a big thing, but... The rewarding part of it is getting to inspire all these people that people with autism can do amazing things. And that's what I've been trying to prove. As your dad watching you, you know, win championships in a go-kart and win a championship in a race car last year and inspire so many kids behind you with autism to start racing as well, not just in Canada, but kids around the world. You know, we have racing with autism in Australia now. We have you know, racing with autism nights at an indoor go-karting track in England. Like Austin's really making an impression worldwide with achievements. And that makes me very proud. Yeah, I can tell you're definitely a proud papa. And I think I can see it too. Now, Austin, what advice would you give to someone who just learned they had autism? Mainly just don't listen to anybody else and just focus on yourself find what makes you happy and really the diagnosis means nothing other yeah. than 
Yeah. A label. Yeah, the diagnosis means it doesn't nothing. define you. You can yeah. It doesn't stop you from doing what you want to do with your life. And if you find something you love to do, then work hard at it and you'll be successful. I think you're right. No matter any person can be successful no matter what diagnosis they are doing or or they're having. Excuse me, I should have said that, or what battles they're going through. Anyone right. can make it. Now, Austin, I want to know what is your favorite part about racing? Um, favorite part about racing. Uh, probably the speed is one and just being out there on the track driving a race car because I've always loved cars I've always loved racing so I think that's what I love most about driving and racing if I, if I could interject a bit I, I would say the thing Austin loves that I see the most is he struggles in everyday life and racing gives him confidence that he never would have had because he he believes in himself he's you know done things that people without autism wouldn't be able to do in a race car and through that it gives him confidence in everyday life because if he can be successful at that it helps him in other parts of his life whether it's uh, getting a job for the first time and going to work or traveling that he never used to be able to do all these things have come through racing in one form or another, and it's really given him an acceptance. In everyday life, when you have a disability, a hidden disability like autism, it's, it's very difficult to feel equal to everybody else. On the racetrack, Austin's judged based on his abilities at driving not his disabilities off the track. Now, Austin, I, I'm just curious, when racing going on, there's a lot of stuff happening probably. Does, do you think that helps you or do you think that kind of stresses you out a little bit? It helps me knowing everything that's going on because I can react and see everything that's going on. As I said earlier, Austin's, the way Austin's brain works is visually, it's like a vacuum. It's sucking in information quicker than the natural world gives it to it. In a race car with so many things going on at once, it's incredibly calming for Austin. And he's able to navigate through very difficult situations just because of that incredible bandwidth that his brain has to process that information quickly. Or uh, somebody that's neurotypical would struggle to process that same information in the same sort of time. And, you know, a crash may happen and where Austin can, you know, swerve through the traffic, somebody else would not be able to do so. I understand because I'm just wondering because when I, when I ask how I think our brains operate, I was just thinking like mine's the t- complete opposite. I mean, I don't drive. I mean, I don't drive. And the reason being is there's too much going on. So the way I'm impressed that he can do that, you can do that, Austin, because I, I can't. Like I get overwhelmed. I sweat. And I, I'm shocked. I probably, if you need me on the road, I probably need a diaper on. Yeah. Well, but then you can do this. And I doubt Austin could do something like this on a regular basis because it's very hard for Austin. True. Maybe I could teach him and maybe we could work it out. Never say never. Yes, sir. That is true. Do you think racing, racing, do you think racing relates to autism in any way? I think racing does relate to autism in some ways because of the seatbelts in a race car. They're tight and kids like pressure a lot. Well, does everybody with autism like pressure? Some do, some don't. Right. So it's not everybody. Yeah. that would relate to racing. Yeah. I think there a individual with autism that is hyposensitive to touch that really like a lot of force in life. Um, so if they like to be hugged a lot, if they like to swing, if they like the, the G-forces that that creates, if it's a good feeling to them, racing could do that for them. However, it takes a special individual to be able to drive a race car at those kind of levels. So I would say there is a correlation between people that have quote unquote high functioning autism and ADHD. There seems to be a wiring within the brain that racing seems to be a good fit for. Not everyone will be as successful as Austin has been, but it still will give them the same feelings that it gives Austin, which is a relaxing, comforting feel. Sure. I can see that. I'm Austin. I'm, a, I'm with you, man. hundred percent. Cause I'm a, touchy type of guy too i mean i like hugs like they call me down like i took um what was it called um an immigram i think is what it's called once upon a time and the number one thing i got was personal affection or like touch so i'm with you i'm a total toucher as as they say 
So for us, and even being strapped in a race car, like with the, the harnesses and the tight race suit and the, the custom race seat that is molded to his body, just that process is calming for Austin. Yeah, that's me too. With like, hung on lean. To me, that it soothes me extremely well as well. So I can totally relate, man. So maybe you'd be a good passenger in a race car then. Maybe. Again, I might need that diaper though. <laughs> Definitely wear your brown pants on that day. Yes, sir. Also, when I did this research on you, man, you found when you started like liking um, race cars, when you found Formula One, IndyCar, and NASCAR, how did you discover each of these shows? Like, did you discover at the same time or did you discover them differently at different times? Uh, my dad was always watching Formula One. Like, since I was little, you were always watching Formula One. Yeah, but you liked cars way before you found racing, yeah. All right? Yeah. I don't watch NASCAR much. When you were a toddler, what did you used to do? Did you go anywhere without a car? No. No. And, you know, when you just learned to speak, what was your first word? Ferrari. Ferrari. It wasn't mom or dad. It was Ferrari. That's, so, a, that's a good first word, man. That truly is. And I, I heard about that story. That, that was a good story about one. I heard the story about you handing cars to each kid on the first day of school. That was, wow. Yeah. That, that makes well, me think you're a good man. I asked Austin why he was taking so many cars to school that day. And he said, well, if I give one to uh, everyone I meet, I'll have all these friends. Unfortunately, not everybody likes cars as much as Austin does or still does. But I appreciate the gesture for sure. Of course, no problem. So speaking of um, childhood, let's get into that a little bit, actually. Who would you say was your number one supporter through your childhood and why? I had tons of supporters when I was a kid my parents were a big one and basically my whole family was supporting i think the key to austin's success is he's had so many people at different stages in his life come into his life and to help him through a certain problem or a certain issue in life and as a child it becomes very tiring at times just dealing with your parents trying to get through things austin has a plethora of amazing people that are in his life that offer constant support so he doesn't already always have to listen to his mom and dad give him a hard time about something he's got other people he can bounce stuff off yeah it's always good to have support because let's be honest i'm not saying it's nothing against parents but just having advice from family i mean they're family and they're supporting you're they're there for you period but you don't want to hear from them sometimes you want to hear from another child's perspective who's going through the same struggles that you are yeah that makes sense like when we're at a racetrack and Austin's in the race car. He won't even let me on the radio because he says, Dad, I listen to you all the time. I don't want to listen to you on the track. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> yeah. So now, Austin, I also want to just curious, in your childhood, did you learn any important life lessons like from the track, from driving, or like life lessons that your dad taught you? Or what's a big life lesson that you learned in your childhood from like 1 to 18? to just ignore everybody that said I couldn't do something that was a big one and to actually learn what a checkered flag meant in racing because I didn't know what a checkered flag was well you did know the first time you went on a go-kart track but you failed to acknowledge it acknowledge it he wouldn't come off he was having so much going on like no don't come off don't no I'm loving this too much he was having too much fun oh yeah too hey too much fun is sometimes good fun right Sometimes. Yeah. Keyword being sometimes. Now, also, I also want to kind of talk about your school life. So what do you think some of the struggles in school were for you specifically? And what kind of support did you have to get through the school struggles that you have? Uh, the school struggles I had was I was in a lot of big classes. Like I was in an auto class, which I loved. I was in a cooking class, which. Okay, let's go back a little further. In elementary school, what struggles did you have in elementary school? What was the environment like? It wasn't friendly. It wasn't friendly. Yeah. It was too busy for you. Yeah. Too many things going on. Too yeah. much noise. And you struggled a great deal. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Were you bullied at all? Oh, yeah. A lot. Every day. Every day. You used to drive by and see it. Yeah. And as a parent, you know, when you're driving by your son's school and you see him you know, standing in the middle of the soccer field with no one to play with just because he's different. That's not a good feeling, man. It's, oh. uh, it's heartbreaking. No, that isn't. I, and I, 
I've had to deal with bullying myself, like big time. It's because they excluded me, and, and I still get excluded to this day. I mean, I'm not saying the school thinks I'm suck or anything. Like they think I'm completely dumb, but they just exclude me a lot because they don't want to take the time for me. So totally understand, man. But I was wondering, did you have a favorite like school subject? Adaptive phys ed in high school was one of my favorites. I think Austin's whole school life, everything sucked until he got to high school and there was two classes he liked, which were auto and auto adaptive phys ed. And adaptive phys ed. Can you describe adaptive phys ed, please? I, I just, I don't know what that is really. Hold on, before adapted phys ed, did you like it the first time you went? No. Well, what did you actually do? Didn't participate. And you disappeared. You yeah. went AWOL. Yeah. Where, but what happened? What changed? I met a lot of friends that I still have today and the teacher became a huge fan of me and now him and I like love each other like we talk all the time and stuff even and he, though you don't go to that school yeah anymore? and he supports me still to cool. this day well and I have a lot of teachers who support me too it's always funny in that school I always interact better with the teachers than the students so the adaptive phys ed class was it's a gym class for kids with disabilities but it's kind of uh, mentored by senior students that are athletes. So they help, they kind of help with various tasks and give some advice and nurture the kids that are struggling along. And through that, I guess when some of these individuals came in contact with Austin and spent day after day with him, they realized that, you know, this quirky kid with autism was, was not just different. He was kind of cool. And he made friendships that have still lasted till to this day. Yeah, they, you finally got that recognition. People finally were intrigued by you, if that's the right word I'm looking for. I think that is. I would go with that. Austin, you talked about bullying. I was curious, was there ever a time when the bullying happened to you that you ever like got mad or you just got upset that you find just like lost of, like, bah! you know? Yeah, there was a couple times, but once we shared my school, my story at my high school, the people that used to pick on me were actually waiting in line to get an autograph from me, which was kind of awesome. As a, as a father, when you see that kind of turnaround occur, it's baffling to me because Austin is the same kid, but just because people spent some time and invested time to learn about him, now all of a sudden he's cool. He's still the same kid. And if they would have taken the time to learn about him initially, he'd still be that same cool kid, right? It shouldn't take a massive presentation to show Austin's strengths and weaknesses, but that's the way the world is today. You know, people spend 30 seconds with you and they're off, you know, they'll make their own decisions and that's it. And in life, what I have found, if you spend any time with any person with autism and you invest the time in those people, you find that they're all pretty amazing in one way or another and they're a pleasure to be around. It kind of reminds you of that song. Um, has the it's the lyrics like one way or another, I'm gonna get you, get you in a in a way because they're gonna come for it, they're gonna try, period. And in the end, it, they're gonna get you, which means it will work out. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. Austin, when did you notice like the bullying like was done for? Like stopped. Uh it stopped like in my racing career once like everybody heard about my story, it pretty much went away. Yeah, but on the racetrack you were never bullied, right? No because you were accepted based on your abilities. Yeah. But in school... I think the bullying stopped in school after I went to adaptive phys ed. I think that's when it all stopped. And after we did the presentation for your school? Yeah, that's when it all stopped. Now, out of curiosity, do any of the remarks like stick with you today? Or do you not like being called a certain name because of the bullying or...? None of them really stick with me still to this day, no. What about you, Mr. Jason, as a father? Does some of them stick with you today? I don't think so because, you know, I, I know who Austin is. I know what he's capable of, and people will make their own assessments. And I think one of the things that used to get under Austin's skin the most when he was at school was people would hear that he's won a race or, you know, has lots of trophies, but they would never believe that this kid in school could do what he does. And it wasn't until we took a couple of individuals that were giving Austin a hard time. I, I threatened to bring them to a racetrack, like a 15 minutes from the school. I was going to pay to put them in a go-kart. Make them ball their eyes out or pop their eyes out. So if Austin beats you, hands down, you stop bothering him and leave him alone. If you beat him, you can keep on bullying him. No problem. And I think within three laps, Austin was lapping them. And from that moment on, 
those kids when when they got home like holy crap that kid is you know, you wouldn't believe it. Like he kicked our asses, and that was uh, I was yeah. kind of the every time he's going, I just waiting like, hey guys, I'm on lap two. What lap are you on? I'm on yeah. one still. Also, I want to talk about you living in your room because I heard that was so, Mr. Riley. How did you handle your son basically like living in his room for a good long while? Well, as parents, we tried to find other activities. To, to get Austin out of his room, away from his cars, away from his video games. And, you know, we did our absolute best, but everything we tried ended in failure. Uh, some funny, some not. And uh, it wasn't until we found a, a go-kart program that when Austin was like two weeks shy of his eighth birthday, did everything change. So when people go to the mailbox and say, oh, junk mail again. Ah, it's garbage. I wish I wouldn't get junk mail. It was a piece of junk mail that changed our lives because it was a flyer about a go-kart program that I thought might be a good fit for Austin. And if I didn't get that piece of junk mail, then who knows what would have happened. Yes, sir. It, life happens or life can change in an instant. It really can. This one's actually for you. So when you decided to like officially come out of your room, what kind of things changed for you at the school? What kind of things changed for me at the school when I decided to come out of my room? A lot more understanding. Well, when you came out of your room, you still didn't know you were autistic, did you? It was five years after that. So yeah. really, your school life didn't change much other than, you know, every Monday you would take trophies and you won that weekend into school. That might have helped a bit. Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah, but you're still having a difficult time most days. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, at least there was some, I think, based on just talking, I think, could you say there was some light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. I think so too. I also want to talk about your go-karting, Mr. Austin. So what do you enjoy about go-karting? Well, go-karting is where my whole racing career started. And it wasn't until 2017 that I moved up to real race cars. And that was always a dream of mine. But again, we had people saying, I can race a go-kart but I can't drive a race car because it's not possible. Yes, sir. But yet here you are. And I'm going to say something out. So I don't think I don't want this to offend you. And if it does give me a holler, but I don't think it will. What I find so fascinating, what I kind of unique about autism is I always say this in my, always say this on one of my episodes. It's so simple yet. So complicated. Austin, something you do that's complicated can be very similar to driving a car. That's awesome. But something as simple as tying your shoes, that's really hard. And I, and I, believe me, I get, I, I struggle with time. I used to struggle with time. I shoes hardcore. So I get it, but struggling like with basic skills, but also is go-karting similar or different to racing in a car? Go-karting is way different than racing in a car. How so? Just the speed is a lot different. Mm, you really like that? You have suspension in a car, correct? which you don't have in a go-kart. You have a seatbelt in a car, which you don't have in a go-kart. What's the biggest difference between racing a car? What about the weight of the car? The car is heavier. Yeah, it takes a lot longer to stop a car than a go-kart. Yeah. It doesn't handle as good as a go-kart. Yeah. The Austin's last year of karting, he was racing a shifter kart, which was like six gears, 60 horsepower, weighing 380 pounds with him in it. So at some tracks, he was over 100 miles an hour in a go-kart. If something bad happens at that speed in a cart, it's going to really go bad. Yeah, it'll go bad. I think someone will be tumbling, I guess is a way to put it. All right. So, folks, we got a quick commercial break, but stay tuned because we'll be right back. Now, a word from our sponsors. I have a sponsor. It's not only a sponsor, but these people seem like the nicest people ever. Wellspring Pain Solutions is partnering with Autism Rocks and Rolls. They're not only friendly people, but they have four locations, Columbus, Batesville, Terre Haute, and Bloomington, Indiana. Doctors like Dr. Beck is leading the way in pain management. They support my mission to take the stigma off of autism and for people to realize I have autism. But I am not broken. I do not need to be fixed. I am me, and I embrace that. I've also had, had some big guests through my show, such as Dr. Temple Grandin, Simon Majumdar from Cutthroat Fiction and Armani Williams, the first NASCAR driver open about having autism. They were also very excited about my amazing, upcoming guest. Also love my merchandise I sell. Hearing all about the press I received and hearing all about the podcast episodes I've created and I have been guests on. 
Wellspring Pain Solutions, www.wellspringpainsolutions.com and autismrocksandrolls.com. All right, folks, and we're back. And I don't want you to be too nervous to meet these people because they will be wonderful people and they are a great company to work with. Austin, you got the opportunity to meet uh, Mr. Meta Topla Kai, I think is how you say his name, right? Meta Topo Link. Meta Topo Link, okay. So how did you get to meet him? And what was the first interaction like? He showed up at a racetrack when I was racing go-karts pretty much unexpectedly. Like we had no idea he was there and he just came knocking on our door and asked if I'm here. And my dad's like, who are you? I just got this. I just got sent that picture a couple of days ago. That's Austin meeting Metod for the first time. Whoa, that's really cool, man. I wish so, I could meet him. So you know, Method and his wife uh, changed Austin's life because at that time we couldn't fund a, a car career for Austin. We could barely afford the karting and racing at the level he was racing was costing between thirty-five to fifty thousand dollars, depending on what happened that year in a go kart. Taking a jump to a car was not possible, and uh, Method and his wife Marie uh, reached out to Austin, met him a couple times, and then uh, decided they were going to fund his first year in cars. And without that, you know, he wouldn't be where he is today. And it helped us find sponsorship for Austin to help continue his career after that year. Good. I'm glad he, you got to meet him, and he's done so much for you. Now, out of curiosity. Are you guys alike with personality or different, or are you guys like a little bit of both? If so, how? Uh, we are the same. We both love cars and we both love racing. Well, you are obsessed with cars. Yeah. I love cars. There's a difference. Yeah, you love cars. I love racing. I love watching racing. You love racing but not really fond of watching racing. Yeah. You love, we both like cars a lot. Though. We both love music. Yeah. What type of music? Out of curiosity. Well, Austin, I know it's a bit off color, but he has a nickname within our family, uh, DJ Schizophrenic. Only because you never know what he's going to play. Like when we're on a long road trip, like an eight-hour drive to a racetrack somewhere, sometimes Austin will take over the DJing in the truck, and you could go from Johnny Cash to Metallica to uh, Snoop Dogg to Luke Bryant to Classical to... You know, anything. Like, I, I wish I had a hippopotamus for Christmas. You know, we could hear that rolling down the highway in June. <laughs> That's me too, actually. I'm a variety guy. I mean, my main is rock. That's my main, like, my go-to. But I'm a variety guy. Yeah. Like, I'm like some rock, some country, some pop, some classic. I mean, it's probably my least favorite, though. But I still, like, I'm a, I'm a variety man. And I think our superhero, our superhero names are the Variety Knights. Austin, what do you think? Yeah. All right, we'll keep it. So you've also had the opportunity to meet Armani Williams and see 1116 pit pass to Armani Williams. So how did you get to meet Armani, Austin? Uh, I'm a part of a uh, online racing team in the UK called Team Brit, which is a race team for all people with disabilities, autism, all sort of disabilities. And I was taking part in a 24-hour race and – Armani Williams was uh, one of the drivers on the team. So that's pretty much how I connected with him. Sweet. And, and yes, he's a great guy. So I'm glad you two got to stand. I kind of can see some similarities to him in you two, actually. Now I want you to do this. Can you describe Armani for me and what do you think of him and describe his personality? And yes, you can hype him or roast him or do both. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Armani is a big NASCAR guy, which I am not. He likes turning left. I like turning left and right. But all in all, I think he's a great guy. He's a nice kid. He's, he loves racing just as much as I do, even though it's NASCAR. But he's still, all in all, a great person. And he's raising a lot of awareness for autism. And he's raising a lot of awareness for autism as well. Yes, I can agree with that. He Did, did you see his blue car? That looks really cool. Do you have a, a car like his or like something like... What's your car look like, if you don't mind me asking? My car's a lot different than... A NASCAR. My car doesn't turn left. It turns left and right. And it's not meant for oval racing, if that's what. Oh, nice. I like the lightning in the background. That was kind of cool. You're basically the Flash 2.0 with that on there, aren't you? I also want to talk about um, another person who means a lot to you. Um, your cousin, Shane Riley. What's he done for you? And how much does Shane mean to you? My cousin Shane is 
a big supporter of me. A few years ago, him and I started our uh, our own business together, which we sadly had to part because he had too much going on and I had too much going on. So, but it, till to this day, Chin and I have still support me. He's been like my big brother my whole life. And he's done a lot for my dad too. And my dad and him are very connected with each other as well. So he's a big part of our life. What's your relationship like? Do you guys just talk about racing? Do you guys do other things? I mean, Shane is a massive, massive car guy as well. It's how my dad basically got into cars because, or it's how he got into cars was because me and my dad, we were massive car guys. So now Shane is a massive car guy. So all we do is pretty much talk cars because Shane's a massive car guy himself. So that's pretty much our thing. And hey, it works. It works better when you're family, man. So totally works. So I also now I see that you're both, well, your dad is at least wearing a racing with autism shirt. Can you both describe your relation with racing with autism and like give me like a backstory of how it came to be? Well, in 2012, Austin was diagnosed with autism and we quickly realized as parents that we didn't know anything about it. And when we started doing, when we started educating ourselves, we realized that a lot of times Austin was misbehaving or having a rough time. It was our own doing because we were putting him in situations where he wasn't comfortable. So we started to educate ourselves and stop trying to make Austin fit in our lives. Instead, we fit in his. And the next season with like that new approach in, in life, it really helped Austin excel he pretty much won every race in the 2013 race calendar in Canada. He won two championships that year. He finished second in all of Canada. And that was just because the only reason he didn't win the championship for the whole country was because dad forgot to tighten one bolt that caused him not to finish one race. Dad. <laughs> it was after that season, we decided that going public with Austin's disability might help other parents that felt like we did that uh, our lives were over and you know, there was no hope and us sharing Austin's story would also help inspire other kids that were like Austin getting bullied in school, had no self-confidence, didn't believe in themselves. And, you know, since 2013 was when we started racing with autism. We didn't really know what to do with it other than having a Facebook page and a website and just telling about Austin's racing that weekend that happened. And then, uh, in 2014, we, we traveled out west uh, to Saskatchewan for a big race. And it was a place that we'd never been to before. Nobody knew Austin. Nobody knew who he was or who we were. Austin drove so well that weekend. You know, there's so many people coming by our trailer to meet Austin and then realized he was autistic and it created so much awareness. And we had a 28-hour drive to get home. And I thought to Austin's mechanic, I thought, you know, it's pretty amazing what happened here today created all this awareness for autism we didn't mean to and we came up with the idea of doing a tour across the country you know going from race to race to race and let Austin race against the best people in the world and see how he fared and then we got the idea well we can't just do races we got to do something else so we came up with the idea of doing school presentations so we went from one race to the next race and we visited schools all along the way and in 2015 we went from coast to coast in the U.S. and Canada we were on the road for 87 days straight. We visited uh, 22 schools, 25,000 students, and it was the most amazing uh, experience of our lives. It really changed Austin because at that time in his life, he didn't like traveling at all. And the first four weeks of that tour were living hell for all of us, and Austin included. But after the four-week mark, it's like his life changed. He started embracing change. He started liking meeting new people. He liked going new places and seeing what they had to offer. And there's a documentary coming out in the next couple of months about that tour. We filmed everything. It's going to be a very eye-opening to the people that have watched Austin on the track and become successful. They have no idea how difficult it is for him at that time to get in a car or a cart. And that was the start of really racing with autism in 2015. And, you know, Austin went to Australia in 2016 and was on an eight week tour there. And 2017 was the United Kingdom and Bermuda. In 2018, we did two uh, across Canada tour. And again, in 2019, uh, 
obviously with COVID in 2020, we didn't do any tour. Yeah, you couldn't do a whole lot, really. But Austin, I think what you're doing is you're taking names and kicking ass. You really are. Yeah. <laughs> I think the word is thank you there. Thank not, you. Yeah. yeah thank you. It's, it's all right. I, I'll take it. I appreciate it, though. Austin, this is for you. What is the biggest life lesson for in the track, out of the track, or just a life lesson that, you, that you're using now even that your dad has taught you? That my dad has taught me? Yes, sir. He's basically taught me lots of things like on the track, how to be a good racer. And off the track, he's taught me so much. And I have so many supporters out there that... What's the main thing? What word do we not like in this house? Can't. Can't. Don't ever tell me you can't. If you want to work at something, you damn well can. And Austin is living proof of that. He is. Austin, good job. I think the word can't is not even a word. It needs to be eradicated, I think, sometimes. And real quick, speaking of that tour, do you have like a memorable moment from school presenting or when the kids come up and talk to you? Was there a memorable kid you met once upon a time? Was there a memorable moment during the presentation? And I'm just curious as an onlooker. So you have a moment you can share about that? I think the moment for you was when I spoke at the school the first time that was probably one of the biggest moments that was on our first tour tell you how much austin changed during that tour the first four weeks you know any presentation we went into austin was so uncomfortable he didn't even want to go into the auditorium or the gymnasium for the presentation um to fast forward eight weeks later we're standing in a school in calgary alberta like 800 to 900 kids and teachers and staff big school and then Austin taps me on the shoulder just before we're about to start and says, I'm going to speak today. And he had prepared his own speech with the ZA. And after the presentation, he got up, you know, said that speech in front of all those people was life-changing to think that Austin in high school at the time was in a small class with like five or six kids and wouldn't even have the confidence to put his hand up to ask a question. Is now standing in front of a, you know, almost a thousand kids and saying, you know, what he believes is true and something about himself, something very personal. It was a a tremendous change. You are living proof, Austin. You really are that you can. And I keep thinking about that. That's what it reminds me of, Mr. Rowley. That's what it reminds me of, that he can do it. So definitely. So guys, we have one more advertisement, but we will be right back. And don't forget, keep staying tuned as we will talk to Austin more about his personal life and his girlfriend. Perfection Autoglass is the largest independent autoglass company in the state of Indiana. Serving Bloomington, Fishers, Terre Haute, Greenwood, Anderson, and Muncie. They specialize in all aspects of auto glass repair and replacement on everything from domestic and import vehicles, RVs, heavy trucks, and equipment repairing glass, outside mirrors, windows, regulators, and motors. Perfection Auto Glass has trained and certified technicians that calibrate the camera attached to your windshield to ensure your lane departure warning and ADS safety features are working properly. Their staff has more than 100 years of combined experience and uses only uses the highest quality glass and sealants in the industry. If your windshield or windows are damaged in any way, just have them replaced it or repaired as soon as possible for the safety of you and your loved ones. They offer both in-shop and mobile services as well as same-day service. Perfection Autoglass works directly with all insurance companies and their staff is committed to the highest level of quality service and attention to details that customers have come to expect. They understand that getting your vehicle back on the road as soon as possible is important to you. You can visit them online at perfectionautoglassindiana.com to learn more about their services and for a free quote, which I think is kind of cool, by the way, may I add. But anyway, please call Perfection Autoglass for any and all your autoglass needs. All right, folks, and we're back. We're talking to Miss Ryan Austin. Hope you guys have a good time. So, Austin, I did want to talk about your girlfriend. So how did you two meet? Uh, we met in an online uh, autism group on Facebook that I was a part of. And what are you looking at then we for, started dude? like... I had nothing to do with it. Then we started like chatting away a bit. And then we kind of got together and have been together for eight months now. And she's like the biggest, one of my biggest supporters that I have to this day. She's also on the spectrum of autism. She's 24 and she... She loves racing as well. She loves NASCAR, but I have a feeling once she sees my kind of racing, she'll kind of change towards NASCAR to 
sports car racing because that's kind of the direction I want her to go in. Hey, if you so, got her to date, you could probably change her mind on racing too, right? Like she knew nothing about racing until she started dating me. And now she like has learned so much about racing and cars. And she's a big supporter of me. And I, I love her to death, basically. I'm glad you do. And I'm that gives me you give me hope that I'll find love one day. Now yeah. I'm curious. So you say you both are autistic. Does that you think help the relationship or so I don't want to say like hurt the relationship, but sometimes like a rhino's clash, or do you think it's both? It's kind of both because she can help me deal with my issues and I can help her deal with hers. Mariah has a lot more health issues than I do. So she's not just autistic. She's got other health problems to deal with and she's always come to me to be her biggest supporter and someone that she can ask for help and I never refuse to help her I'm always there to help her when she needs it so now these are for some fun questions we'll end it with a little fun so for both of you what would be like your paradise meal or your favorite food and why is it your favorite I eat everything though yeah well, what's your favorite Italian. Italian food is probably my favorite. You like pasta. Yeah. Worst food to eat for a race car driver. Yeah. What about you, Mr. For Riley? Me, for me, I'm, I'm English, so meat and potatoes, man. Like roast beef and Yorkshire pudding and mashed potatoes is where I'm at. What's your Being favorite? In, like brisket, ribs, or like steak? Prime or? Rib, man. Cool. Prime rib. Prime rib. But what's her favorite restaurant in the U.S. when we're traveling? Also? Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. What do you like about it, if you don't mind me asking? We just like the, the atmosphere, I guess. We like the chocolate cake that they have. The Coca-Cola chocolate cake's pretty awesome. You like your chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings, and what about breakfast, man? The pancakes are amazing. Usually, like, Austin and I are usually on some pretty long road trips. Like, before COVID, we drove to Atlanta. So from here, it's 18, 19 hours. And every stop we make, there has to be a Cracker Barrel in every state we go to. So when we crossed the border, we stopped at Cracker Barrel in Michigan. Yeah. And then we, that was dinner. Yeah. And then we had breakfast the next morning at Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Then and we, we had, had lunch. lunch at Cracker then we Barrel. had dinner. And then we had dinner at Cracker Barrel. And then breakfast the next yeah. morning at yeah. Cracker Barrel. You guys we are Cracker it. Barrels, literally. I think you're going to turn one. Six coals. doesn't eat all of them. Yeah. I only eat two. So now what would be your both of your favorite movies? Or TV shows, and why do you like it? What's your favorite TV show? That's an easy one. I have so many. No. What's the one you lived on for? Grand Tour and Top Gear. Grand Tour and Top Gear. Two English shows about cars. If you haven't watched them, YouTube them or, you know, search them. Top Gear is unbelievable. Probably from seasons 13 and up, uh, really good. The new season's out now, too, eh? And the Grand Tour is on Amazon, which are the same guys from Top Gear. What about you, Mr. Riley? What's yours? Uh, I'm a big Top Gear fan. I think I'm the one that got Austin into it. From I'm being English, I, I knew about it before him, and I started showing it to him. And next thing we know, we had a hard drive full of Top Gear episodes, and that's what we'd watch on road trips. Movie-wise, we have similar tastes, I think. Uh, Austin has a pretty good sense of humor, but usually when we're doing a road trip, a really, really long road trip, the first one, first movie we'll watch. Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. And the second one is Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. And the third one is Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber. I'm, I'm, what about, have you bought the new Ford versus Ferrari? Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Ford versus Ferrari is a good movie. So is The Art of Racing in the Rain. That's a good one, too. I thought you'd be interested in that, knowing you. If you haven't seen uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain, that's a good family movie. It's not just about racing. A lot of it was filmed at Austin's home track. Nice. I'll have to check that out. So what has been your favorite vacation that you both have ever taken and why did you enjoy it very much? It can be one with your racing or it can be just a personal one you took just for relaxing. Either one, you can pick one. Both of you can. My favorite would be the Montreal F1 race when I, the year I met Lewis. That would be my favorite. So from the time Austin was eight years old and started racing, we didn't have a family vacation that didn't involve racing. <laughs> Uh, somewhere, if we went to ra Florida, Austin was racing. You know, it it, it kind of took over our lives. We had our first real family vacation last year um, before COVID hit, and we got to go to Hawaii, which has been a dream of my wife since we got married. And uh, that was pretty special for all oh, of us. 
that's cool. Where, where in Hawaii? If you don't like Honolulu, Maui, or well, traveling Austin, the the thing that seems to work out well for Austin is he likes schedules. He likes to know exactly when some things are going to happen. So we went on a cruise. So every day is planned out exactly from Monday to Friday to Saturday Sunday. So we went on a cruise from California, a cruise to Hawaii. They did four of the islands and then cruise back and. It was over Christmas and New Year's, and it was a pretty awesome time. Now, this is the last question. So are there any good memories that you want to tell our listeners about? If you do, why do you remember the memory the, memory the most? Now, before we answer, I want like a good memory that made you feel good and like a funny memory that made you laugh on the floor that could be telling a story that could just in general with the family even. Like I said, you pick. My favorite good memory is winning the Radical Championship last year. Yeah, that's a pretty good memory, son. Yeah. I think Austin's the first person in the world with autism to win a major car championship. Good job, Austin. That was a pretty big accomplishment. And what's a funny one for you? If you want a funny one, should I tell the Mrs. Cohen one? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So one of Austin's skills, his brain, apart from craving information, is very good at remembering movie scripts or lines from a TV show. And, you know, when he was younger, he would insert lines from TV shows into conversation. When Austin was going to kindergarten for his first year, the night before, my wife and I were sitting there watching TV. And Austin was playing with his cars like he always did in the kitchen. And my wife's like, you know, I bet you Austin's listening. I said, no, he's not. He's playing with his car. He's not paying attention. Don't worry. She goes, well, I don't want him watching anything inappropriate. It's okay. It's fine. You know, he's busy in his cars. He's in his own world. Leave him alone. So I take Austin to school the next day and drop him off. And Austin met his new teacher. And, you know, that's a pretty emotional moment for a dad dropping your son off the first day of school. You know, it's a big step. So I watch him walk off into the, in the school. And I think, well, that's great. Here he goes. He's on the great thing. And I pulled the car out of the parking lot. And I got about five minutes down the road. And my phone rings. And it's the principal's office wanting me to go back to the school to talk about what Austin had said to the teacher that morning. I'm like, how could he be in trouble already? It's five seconds. Yeah, he'd only been there five minutes. Like, how could he be in the principal's office? So it turns out that uh, when Austin was introduced to his new teacher, she was very pretty, by the way. Uh, she's just at a teacher's college. You know? Austin thought, well, maybe it was a good idea to break the ice. So instead of saying, good morning, miss, my name is Austin, where should I put my knapsack? Austin thought, you know what? I'll use a movie quote. And I'll use a movie quote from the, the movie I, I overheard last night. Well, that movie happened to be an Austin Powers movie that my wife and I were watching. So Austin went with this. So the teacher said, good morning, Austin. And Austin went with, take a look at my body. I'm dead sexy. So Austin! <laughs> obviously uh, the teacher didn't uh, find that at all amusing at the time and sent his butt straight to the office. The funny thing is, is, 10 years later, we're doing a school presentation at a different school. I guess whose teacher is there way back when. So that's all part of our presentation is that line. And she was killing herself laughing. Oh, I kill myself <laughs> laughing too. Austin. Yeah. From now on, that's how you should meet people. That that was that's gonna be remembered. That'll be ever. I'm gonna remember that. Now I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna get in trouble now. <laughs> so, do it the first day as a kindergarten. So I think that's all. You have anything you'd like to say before we head out? Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Of course, guys. Thanks for joining for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.